It would be a war spot, eh? Hello, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you're listening, wherever you're listening. Welcome to today's episode of Wolves Fancast, um, part of the 90 Min Football Family Podcast Network. I feel like I've added in one too many words there. Um, joining me today to talk about Wolves' latest defeat to Brentford, we've got Stu. Uh, it's funny, <laughs> funny how um, first time I'm back in a month and it's, it's to just talk a bit Terror and chaos again. Carrying on from the chaos, we'll go to the violence in Andy. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think I've probably spoke about more losses in my what four or five years on this podcast than anything else. So it just feels normal to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> and we've got Adam here to bring up the positivity club. Oh, I don't know. I just said off air. I'd rather talk about NFL than <laughs> yeah. talk about this game. So I just don't know oh, so we'll see. I'd, li- I'd like to say some of us aren't keeping an eye on literally another sport whatsoever as the scores <laughs> come in for a couple of our teams on that one. But we're going to talk about Wolves nil, Brentford two to start with. Uh, I-, I was going to say I don't quite know where to start with this one. There were some old problems. There were some new problems. There weren't that many positives, but we'll try and pick apart some as we go along. But if we cast our mind back to half 11 and the team news got announced, it was the exact same well squad, to be honest. It, it was the same starting 11. It was the same subspench as well. It, in hindsight, because that is such a wonderful thing, do we think that was the right decision, considering that we know Brentford play with a 3-5-2 and you know, have numbers in the middle, should Wolves have done something to, I don't know, counteract that? Or, you know, were they right to stick to a win- uh, essentially a winning team, even though that wasn't the team who ended the game and essentially secured us for points against Watford? Uh, who Anyone fancy sort of taking up the mantle first to start getting in the, the, the jabs early on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't even check the team, to be honest. I, the first I heard of it was when I... I um, I took my seat at quarter past, quarter past the hour. It was the first time in a long time that I couldn't eat. I, I won't even bother because I just expected it to be the same. And to be honest, the, the old, let's get it in a, the, the Wolves dar way of doing things that you don't change your winning team. And Steve, you, you took your seat at quarter past. I thought as you're Steve Ballstan, you'd be quarter past three. It's the biggest myth in the world. That is, it's, it's never. <laughs> I've never had a problem once, and this. Now they've put the new the new turnstiles in. I was, I was there at half. I was there at the um, half hour before kickoff, and I was in the ground six minutes later from the back of the road. No problem whatsoever. Just standing in the line. The lines are bigger, but you get in quick, so there's no problem. It looks like worth it. Yeah, it looks. It, it's total. Fake news. Hashtag, fa- hashtag um, fake news. <laughs> and I never never thought of anything else. And I mean, I, I've made my, my thoughts about Marcel clear before that I don't don't get it why he's there. 
and I said the same thing before Watford, but I don't expect anything different because of how, how things transpired at Watford. So going into this game, I thought, well, at least start with the team that started last week and then adapt within. Yeah, I think I think my, my sort of point was probably maybe more around the forward line. Now, I know um, Huang, you know, his goal was essentially tapping against Watford and he, he did probably enough to impress against Watford. Um, but, yeah, I, I was surprised personally not to see him start because I think Trinkau's, I wouldn't say flat to deceive, but he's not really shone to the um, to a degree I, I, I necessarily thought. But, you know, it, it is a, that's the team that has done pretty well the last few games, so I can't really complain, I guess. Um, I would have I, I thought that... I'll, the, the the training video people, the, the videographers, put a lot of stock in Huang during the week, didn't they? You know, every other video was about him during the week. And he looked good. You know, I thought we've all kind of saw in training, he's looked sharp. So I was also kind of expecting him to come in. And Richard just mentioned it there about Trincare. And I'm glad you said that in a way, because I don't want to knock the guy after he's only been here in like five minutes. But everyone was raving about him at the start. But to be honest, I'm not really seen. I've not really seen it. With him so far, I've got to caveat it by saying, you know, we're only five games in. Um, but you're right in saying he's flattered to deceive a bit because whenever I've, I've watched him, he's just not, he's not being what the player that I thought did he, he, he would be. I thought he really liked drive at players and take them on, but he's not, doesn't seem to be doing that no. at the moment. So I thought there was a position there to be up for grabs with him, but. On the flip side, yeah, you can say it's it's five games in, so Bruno probably didn't want to change anything drastically straight away and wanted to continue giving that that team a chance. But that was the only place that I saw was was potentially up for grabs and could have been could have had a stake of a claim with Huang coming in. What with you know we've all sort of talked to him straight away. I thought he could have had that spot. That was only one for me, really. I think on that before before Andy jumps in a bit and his hatred of Trinkau from yesterday. Um, <laughs> the performance he, he put in at Watford was exactly the kind of player that I thought we'd get. Someone who's kind of very much, he looks so lethargic that he makes it look easy and he's not going to be up for a fight. And when you got Huang doing the complete opposite, that it looks better in a kind of English kind of style of football. But I thought his performance, especially in the, in the, the first half, against Watford justified him starting again and to his detriment because he was completely muscled off the ball from the first minute yesterday. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I think Trinko has done that throughout for me. So I saw him in like the pre-season and I thought he wasn't great, but it's pre-season. So I'll let it go. The first game, he was too lightweight. Then at home against Spurs, didn't really do it for me, but then he did pick up a little bit and as you say, against Watford, he had a, a decent first half. But then when I think when Wang came in on Watford and he made an immediate impact, part of me does think, because it, it's a choice if you're putting Wang in, it's between Trinko or Adama, and it's never going to be Adama, is it, out of those two, let's be honest. So I think his place was up for grabs, definitely. I also thought Sace, because I don't think he was great against Watford, especially against um, Ismail Saar, who is a big burly bastard who can shift. And when looking at Brentford, um, I'm going to butcher this fucker's name. Mbwemo, um, is it? <laughs> like, yeah. Bwemo. He's the busiest bee I have ever seen. And he just ran them ragged. 
So I thought Sois possibly could have been made way for a returning Willy Bolly. I also like how you sort of slightly forced in a Brentford pun with Billy <laughs> as well. Um, I, I, I feel like I can't overlook that personally. Um, yeah, and I, I think sort of with my point around Hwang is that, again, we, we all kind of allude that A school against Watford, B, all the promo stuff in the week, I get it because he's very marketable. Mm-hmm. And actually, you know what, I completely get it. And he's like, you know, he's showing what he can do in training as well, which is exactly what you want. Wolves' biggest flaw this season is the fact we can't score. So, you know, having him who, having a player who likes to get into the box and be near the six-yard box as opposed to someone like Trincao, could have seen. But I think as Stu sort of said, I couldn't understand why he didn't necessary make wholesale changes unlike what we'll probably do in the next kind of couple of games um i did think it all started off quite well and it you know again same as the last couple of weeks we we did our thing on the ball great movement it flowed really nicely didn't go anywhere going forwards but you know it was okay fair enough but then you know, it it got to a point where I think we can all sort of appreciate that Brentford are a half decent team or have a bit about them at the very least. That they are not a, you know, they're not a naive football team at this point at least. They are very switched on, um, and they had a couple of corners in quick succession. And um, the first one, I think, uh, weirdly, I think their first corner was arguably a better delivery, which Neves like had to flick back over. Um, but then the second one um, with Marcel, uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm pretty sure I, I kind of saw a replay of it and he tried to do the same thing with the first corner and Ivan Tony turned around to referee because he's right next to him at the, almost at that near post side saying, ref, look out for this. Um, and he, he rugby tackled him. I, 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 I'm almost lost for words <laughs> with how... Mind bogglingly stupid, idiot. Yeah, uh, th- thanks. I was gonna, I was gonna go down, a, uh, I was gonna go down a sweary ramp then. Um, yeah, I just like he's in the wrong position to start with because he's literally behind him where he needs to be, you know, blocking him from goal. Jolie Les got on, um, the, the BT Sports made for great points. Like, you can do it, but you don't do it throughout the whole series of play, do it like in like little bursts and. It was just, I say, for someone who is an experienced player who is a bit of a shit house, he should be better at the dark arts than that for me, at the <laughs> very least. You and it, was, it just set the tone from there on in, didn't it? You just it's, think, though, that why is, he, why is Marcel marking him in the first place? Yeah, it should never have been him. Well, we, There's better what, people we than Marcel. For the centre back. There's better like, people than Marcel to mark you, isn't there? Like, mm-hmm. Kilman well, would be the standout because you match him height for height, or even Sace. You know, why have we got a five foot eight, or however tall he is, but a full back who's known to be a bit hot headed, marking their most dangerous forward player? That didn't I mean, make sense. No, I mean, the only thing I can think of is that, you know, we'll still do a bit of zonal marking. They've almost got a, quite a short guy running the near post. But also, like, you, you look at it, and Brentford have a big team. Like it's mm. it's not just, and Ivan Tony is an aerial threat, and Wolves should have done a lot more to 
um, neutralise that from set pieces. But, you know, you look at all three of their centre-halves, you know, especially kind of... I'd love to see almost like a, you know, a back-to-back uh, height lineup of all of their, their three centre-halves versus ours, because I, I, I think there's only one winner. Um, but, yeah, I, I just set the tone, didn't it? And to be fair, the penalty, oh, it pains me. I bloody loved that penalty. Just it was an excellent penalty. Just for nonchalance, just to go. Yeah, I'm just just gonna wait, and I don't I don't know what it is. I think it's because he's a little bit gangly. Yeah, like how how high his leg went. Like he almost like stroked it with his studs. I don't know how he like did it. It looks it looks really arrogant, but he ain't missed one in twelve doing that doing it that way and. Stuttering penalties, as a rule, I'd say don't be a twat and don't do it. But Ivan Tony does it to perfection every single time. And I think on the Marcel thing, I've got to say that further, this was just he wasn't doing it. At the, he wasn't doing it at the far post. He wasn't doing it in hiding. He was doing it in plain sight of the referee, right in yeah. front of him. It's just stupid. It was the further. Oh, it's it's been something that's spotted by VAR because the refs right next to him. <laughs> No, yeah, there's, I was going to say, like, the, the ref called it straight away. And, yeah. you know, it's like, as soon as you see a replay, and I, I get that a lot of footballers will say, oh, you'd be giving those 10 times a day. He's rugby tackled him. <laughs> yeah. It was it, much worse than that, though, wasn't it? It wasn't just no. one of those coming together and a one player grapple. goes down. Yeah. It, it was literally that. He got away from him and he's like, no, you're fucking not. I'm taking you down. I saw people on Twitter liking it to a wrestling move. And that is kind of what it was. He took him down properly. It wasn't that he just stole a march on him and got caught out. He never gave him the opportunity to steal a march on him because he was holding him the whole time. It was, as Adam said, it was stupid. I was going to say, stupid. But, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> before we move on to, I guess, some of the, you know, essentially the cataclysmic breakdown of Wolves there on forward, um, I found it really interesting. I think it might have been earlier in the day, or it was from, it must have been Bruno's press conference for the day before from a game. And he was talking about Marcel, saying he's having to play really well. Because if he doesn't, eight Norway comes in. And I did find it really auspicious timing, but... It, I think it was like a bit of fire under the belly. Like, and, you know, we, we're not naive to the fact that, yeah, there's a really good player we could replace him. But then after literally saying it to the public, he just puts in a stinker. Mm. Um, I, yeah, I mean, we, we'll, we'll kind of touch... I mean, as I say, we've got, we've got the League Cup on Wednesday before the league, so it's kind of quite difficult to, I guess, gauge lineup-wise. But I'm assuming Aitno is probably going to start against Spurs do you think he should start in the league as well, guys? Next I week, think he, he should have been started anyway. I, I don't understand. The fact that the first couple of games I could understand because he's kind of, Marcel's there to kind of cover for Sace being equally as shit <laughs> defensively as he's going forward. But if you, Bolly's back now, there's no excuse. If you're going to, you're not going to start pissing about anymore, then you replace both of them. And there's no reason to cover Sace when Bolly's mm. there. So bring Bolly in, then you got no excuse. Bring out Nuri in, then you got an attacking threat as well. Job done. Game over. Easy. And uh, of all the things that, that Bruno Large has had to deal with so far, that seems blatantly obvious to me. 
I think I now, looking at looking at what happened yesterday, where Tony effectively bullied our entire back line pretty much on his own, right? I think look, Wally Bolly will be looking at that back back uh, back line there, saying, "I'm having my place back now." Thank, yeah. Thanks, thanks to whoever mm. for keeping it warm. I'll probably say, I mean, I'm looking at says here really. Thanks for keeping my spot warm. I'll have it back now. Thanks. He's got a bit. I know he's got looking into that team there, isn't it? I mean, arguably he should, have, he should have started against Brentford, knowing what tone is like. But again, large staying, you know, loyal to the the players that have. <laughs> I use this term loosely. Got in where we are right now because we've only won one game. But he seems quite loyal so far to the, to his, his starting eleven. But now, after yesterday. Bolly's got to be coming back in now, and probably, and I'd definitely say for Sace as well. He's 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 got he's got to be. I mean, like uh, after we conceded first, I think the first thing that managed to do so, one of our most experienced players career-wise, Marcel, head goes for a penalty. Most experienced player, Martino, then gives the ball pretty much straight away from the kickoff, and it just, but they just could not get. Any rhythm, there seemed to be almost that lack of leadership and lack of someone to kind of just get their foot on the ball and just kill the game for for five minutes. And you know, Brentford before even the first goal, I think we they'd had a goal disallowed for rightly so for offside. Um, and and I can't remember the order of this now. I'm saying this, and I feel really bad because I should have you know done some research. But they had a second disallowed goal as well, um, which. To be fair, it probably was handball. I might be a bit nifty that if I was if, if that was Jimenez, let's say, would I be a bit aggrieved? Maybe, but you know what? Fair. Uh, their second goal. I mean, I'm trying to think of all. I don't think there's a defender in that back five who probably wasn't at fault. I mean, I, f- I feel like it's not a question of everybody being at fault or who was the most at fault, sort of thing. It's almost like you could. It feels like a BuzzFeed quiz for me, where it's like pick which Wolves player is most at fault, and we'll tell you the you know the city in America you should live in. It, it's so, <laughs> there were so many options. Mm. Um, I, 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 we, we're going down a negative route because we conceded a goal, and I think it was appalling. But um, who wants to pick a player who they who again? You know, I, I just don't quite know where to start because I could break it down from you know one way or another but it was and just shocking it's just hmm. no communication across about half a dozen players on the pitch there's there's the three parts to it out there the, the first one is Kilman tackling with his wrong foot because he's on the wrong side of his natural side of defense which again hmm. why are you he's trying to tackle and get the ball at the same time he, i was going to say like i mean I, I i'm part of the uh, the king Kilman club um and i, I really like him but he was almost trying to do a slide tackle, like he's Paolo Maldini, just on his weak foot, <laughs> slide in, hook it, and he's on the turn. And he, he, need, he needed the right foot to come through, didn't he, to take yeah, him out exactly. take him out of play? But yeah. as, we, as we said, he's on the wrong side. Well, he's, yeah, he's been he's asked on, to play on the wrong side. Yeah, he is, you know, Tony's basically on the touchline, isn't he? All he has to do is just prod it out of play. Tony's not going to try and do a Dean Saunders throw him where he gets it, throws it off his back. And it was just the most simple thing he could have done, and he just tried to be a bit too clever with it. And yeah, don't I, I know it bounced awkwardly, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but it's going to happen when you're going like that. And as soon as you go to ground, he's out of the game. He is out of the picture. 
Next up, who who have we got in terms of a next era of guys? <laughs> well, Connor Cody was nowhere, wasn't he? He should have been coming across and either shepherding the ball or shepherding Tony away. But he doesn't. He just sort of stands there and lets Tony do whatever the hell he wants. Like, I mean, apart from just that mistake from Connor Cody, he was just appalling throughout the whole game. <laughs> Connor Cody was absolutely shocking. Like he, the leadership qualities that we generally associate with Connor Cody were just non-existent yesterday. At no point did I feel that we had a leader on the pitch. Like I, we spoke about Bolly coming back in. If I was um, Jason Mascara, I'd be wanting Connor Cody's shirt. If you're going to play with the back three, Sice and Cody, meh. Both of them, I think, uh, are replaceable on yesterday's performance. To be perfectly honest. Well, I think that when I kind of alluded to, like the the there's lack of lack of organisation, lack of somebody just getting that team set because you know, don't get me wrong, they all have to act in the moment, but nobody was taking command of how they needed to regroup after you know Kilman's way out of position. You know, for for people watching this on YouTube, you see the still frame of where he's tackling; it's it's just nowhere, and then. Yeah, Cody doesn't quite do one thing or another. Like, you know, he he needs to keep him wide and keep the level of shape. And almost at the point when Tony then decides to shape up, and it's a really kind of slick ball, in my opinion, like, you know, the, the, the imagination to kind of play it in that gap. But he's done it because he knows Wolves can't defend. It's not that it's an indefendable ball. It's that we, you know, Sace just Sace is actually in a half to, is in a really good position, but they're both in line with each other, almost in a you know to where two centre half should be. If it gets past Sace there, and he kind of gets looped over the top, you could blame Marcel, who I think is at fault as well. But I mean, I think Sace Sace just running off in a completely different direction, like it's on um, pro teams on FIFA. Um, you know, that's that's sort of unforgivable because if he holds his line, if, if Sace holds in line with Cody, then Tony doesn't have a ball to play, really. Mm, yeah, um, when you you look at that, you look at that for the YouTube people. You look at the still that we've got here, and it looks decent. But a frame before that, Sace has him unmarked, yeah, and he lets he lets him go. That's where the, that's where. It's unforgivable because he's he's got him marked, and he just like he just Sace he fucks is, it up. Yeah, but like Sace is a leader, like he's a leader in this team for his national team. He's not exactly a shy lad. Why isn't he dragging Marcel in if he feels like he needs to? You know, there's no one really threatening on the edge of the box or anything like that. Or everyone pushes along. Marcel can even play left centre half. It's not like it's if it was eight Nori, he was just like having to stand there. Oh, I could maybe get it, but I don't know. That 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 it's like just all of them just didn't kind of do the job. And for him to step out, and he was just left with an easy finish at that point. And it it frankly it was just well deserved, wasn't it? For for Brentford, they they, they were good for a two goal lead at that point mm-hmm. going into half time. Um, oh yeah, I mean Brentford. I think that their high press just completely scared the shit out of us. The whole yeah. the whole game, they had a high press. I mean, 
where every time we had a goal kick, they had like three or f- sometimes even four players like right, on, right by our goal, um, right by our penalty area, sorry. And we still, even then, we, like, we still tried to play it out at the back when there's no options on and we're, mm. we're just getting fried every time. And it's a, let's not forget that they had the ball in the back of the net four times in the first half. We were just, they had us literally on toast the whole mm. the whole game. And, I'd, and it just kind of felt like it was just a bit of a backward step from where we were. Granted, you know, yes, we'd lost the first games nil, nil one, but we could see the signs were so much different from, from last season. We were having shots on goal and, and lots of them every single game. This this game yesterday was just a massive step back into last season where we didn't even create anything whatsoever. We had that one shot from Adama that was deflected onto the bar. That's it. That was it. I mean, against a newly promoted team, which which admittedly, you know, they have a system. It seems to be working well. We just, our players just completely lost their heads from from minute, like I say, about minute 10 onwards when, it, when Brentford just took hold. Never in doubt after that, you know, Brentford just literally walk, walk, had their way with us all game mm. long. Uh, and it just felt like, have we, gone, have we gone in some like twilight zone back into last season? Because... Just, just nothing, nothing going. Everyone just reverted to type back to last season. Yeah. We talked, we talked earlier about Neves, Matinho having no influence, defense looking suspect. We're getting no shots on goal, despite the fact every forward on that we've got at the club at the minute that's available to us was like ended up on the pitch at one point. Nothing, mm. and it's just, it's just. I think that's what is like getting people's goat at the minute. We could, we could forgive him for the first couple of games because there was lots of positives. There was lots of the positive signs, but yesterday. Can we even think of one positive to come out of the game? Because uh, I can't. Well, I was going to say, going into the second half, the, the only, I think, bit of positive again, Wang for 10, 15 minutes showed a little, he showed something that not many of the other players did. Um, but again, even even as I say that, still didn't test the goalkeeper. And don't get me wrong, we can talk XG and things like that. And, um, we still got to sort of get shots on goal and shots on target to win to win games. And mm. it, it say um, go, going into the second half, you know that that last sort of ten minutes, it went very Avengers End game, didn't it? Where you know I think we we finished with what was it six attacking minded players? Yeah, yeah. Two, two, I think what, what, it was yeah. What worried me though, just going back to Huang for a minute. He only played 45 minutes of football and I would imagine he probably had more touches in the opposition penalty box than any other player on that pitch. Mm-hmm. Like even Raul didn't really impose himself inside the 18-yard box. And let's be honest, I mean, he's our main guy and he barely did anything for, for 90 minutes that he was on the pitch. Adama's yeah. great and then he gets near the penalty box and then he either loses it or smacks it wide like he does. We're not getting enough possession in the box to really, to ultimately then test the keeper. And the fact that we played a newly promoted team who obviously came with a plan and fair fox to him because they executed it perfectly. But that's that's not acceptable. But they seem all too comfortable, the majority of our players, from just picking it up about 20 yards and then trying to do something. At least Wang is direct and he's trying to make stuff happen in the box. Mm. I think that's what we need more of going forward. I think that... Saying that about their plan, I think we've got to 27 minutes without mentioning their uh, their time tactics, <laughs> and they completely 
got in there going our heads yeah it completely got to everyone and they, they they did it to a t i mean you got to give them credit for it they knew exactly what they were doing it was the, the completely on the ref and the officials for absolutely for bottling it from the start i mean they, they started it after 15 minutes started time wasting i mean mm. goalie replacing his gloves i've never seen that in my entire life anywhere ever and even if they're ripped, fine, whatever. You, it's a new, you new level a, of shit that was. Yeah, you wait, you wait for a cold kick. You don't just a bloke just bring you some some new gloves on the pitch. Even, <laughs> the ref completely lost control, and they knew exactly what they're doing, and they wound up the right players at the right time. I think that's where you saw Matinho, and I mean Neves had probably his worst game of the season by an absolute mile because he's had yeah. his head. It was mm. probably it was like hashtag heads gone for about seven of them, mm. and Cody had lost it. Neves had lost it. I mean, you, you look at the experienced players. I mean, we'll come on to, I presume, Jimenez throwing his headband on the floor in frustration after missing that header. He lost the plot as well, if that was even da if dangerous as well as anything else. I imagine um, the medical staff will give him a slap on the wrist for that, to be honest. I was going to say, so, somebody from the um, insurance and compliance team is uh, making <laughs> a phone call, aren't they? <laughs> I mean, to be pretty... fair, I mean, the, the, the time wasting tactics is like as old as the game itself. And, but I mean, I was getting, we was all getting pissed off as, as much as anyone because I mean I think Pontus Janssen got about a hat trick of um, cramp stoppages chalked up just to him alone. I think things just, just kept going one, down. I was going to say, but for, 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 he, for one in the penalty box where and to be fair, he might have seriously injured himself, but he didn't. He <laughs> <fell> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I mean the, the, the time waste and stuff yeah is, is is annoying. It's a bit pathetic, but there were. It's a side point because they were so much better than us anyway. I don't even if there weren't any time wasting tactics by them that we wouldn't have laid a glove on them anyway. But no. it, just, it just kind of twisted the knife a little bit, didn't it? They were so much better mm. than us, and they could also afford to start being absolute dickheads with the time wasting. And all we could, all, all it was, it, they must have been absolutely loving it because it was like the South Bank we was getting wound up, no end about it, and but they're absolutely loving it, and yeah. Fair play to ever thought up the goalkeeping glove idea because you look back at it now, it's hilarious. But at the time, obviously, it's spitting feathers. But um, and he's done it at a great time though because it was about in the 50th minute. It was only just after half time. If he does it in the 80th, 85th minute, he gets booked for that. Mm, but yeah, it yeah. just the right time. And to be fair, like what was it, five six minutes of added time? <laughs> yes, mm, which may, maybe it adds up, <laughs> but you ain't get. You're not going to get booked that early for that, and it's probably not going to get added on loads of time and things like that. They say it's it's annoying. The dog agrees to. I agree. Um, <laughs> but at the end of the day, they can do it. They're two nil up. We we we've got Roman Sace. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll be doing the same. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. I mean, the one thing that does show for me is that timekeeping does need to be taken out of the referee's hands. I've been saying it for quite mm -hmm. a while, but realistically, the ref is probably the worst person to be keeping track of time. It, I think we have got to the point now where it's the same in a lot of American sports where it is an independent person who is keeping track of the time. We spoke before about like the 30 minute halves and it was going to be 30 minutes of actual action. I would love to know what the stats were for yesterday. There's no way we hit an hour worth of football yesterday. So I do think it's something that, going forward, I think FIFA do need to look at. Like, we keep an eye on that kind of shit, to be honest. Yeah, it, it is frustrating because it, you, you can never quite tell either. But I think that's the thing that I find frustrating. But as a fan, like, sometimes the ref will signal 
and stuff like that, but you can't quite tell. And you say the old, like, you know, two stopwatches stuff, it just doesn't, I don't think it just computes at, at this point. And, you know, we're all too, you know, cottoned on to it. But, uh, Stu, you mentioned Jimenez. Um, it, it's such a difficult one to not, I was going to say not get emotional. That sounds really bad. But it's so obvious what he's gone through. It's something that impacted the entire football world, the entire football community, particularly the Wolves one. And I don't think anyone wants nothing else than just to get that goal. But for one reason or another, whether it's just game time, being out of, you know, not playing competitively, psychological, he's just not the same player from um, a, a year ago yet. Um I mean, in a way, do you think that header, which, he, and, and to be fair, it was half a foot wide and you know what? It was a great header. It, it, it was not, it was not of a man who is struggling to head a ball. Do, do we see that as, you know, with the tearing off of the headband and stuff like that? Do we think this is a turning point for him or do we still think we've got some stages to go and, or even worse, darkest timeline do we think he'll ever get back at all? I mean, it, it's not really a bit... If you look at it from what he's been through, and he, he hasn't... He hadn't... Up until, what, July? He hadn't really played a game of football since November. <laughs> at the same time as being fully fit. So that's got to fuck you up anyway, regardless of what <laughs> happens. So... You've got to have some kind of, oh, it's going to take a while to get back into it. But at the same time, we're a Premier League football club and we're not a charity. <laughs> and I said at the start of the season that you've got to give him six, six, seven games. And we're coming up on that now. And he doesn't look anywhere near the player that he was. And if he's not looking at that, the, that player, then he doesn't, he can't start a game. You can't wait for him to suddenly click into gear and, and hope that it's going to come back for him. Yeah, he's, he, He's kind of he played the ball to Pedence to who put in for Huang's goal at Watford. But other than that, he looks completely anonymous a lot of the time. He's not dropping deep for balls. I mean, it might be tactical, we don't really know yet, but he just looks nowhere near. He looks he looks a yard off the pace, which you think, well, you've had a you had nine months of just doing fitness work. You shouldn't be yard off the pace at all. Your fitness should be top of the top of the tree and in attributes wise now after what you've been through and yet maybe if that if you I mean we don't know if it's a condition of him playing that he has to wear that headband it might just be a kind of a placebo thing like it was for Peter Check in the end he didn't have to wear it if it's not and he, he feels comfortable without wearing one then fair fucks to him bring it on and we'll mm. see what happens after that but if it's a, if it's been affecting him that much and he can play without it then we give him another go but if not I think it's going to cut your losses and say, well, okay, we'll give Wang a go because it's not working at all. Part of me thinks that use this to your advantage. He's obviously pissed off that he's not scored a goal himself yet. You could see when he threw that band away that he's angry. Put him on the bench next week, really piss him off. Bring him on in the 70th minute for Silver or somebody and then unleash the beast. Just try it. I mean... It would be no great loss to not start him against Newcastle because he hasn't really shown enough to keep his place, to be perfectly honest, when we have yeah. options now. 
so yeah, needle him, make him really pissed off, and then see what what he can do. Give him, give the world an angry roll. Let's try it. Poke the Mexican bear. Is that what you're, is that, <laughs> that's that, exactly that's what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, will, I'm willing to be a bit. I'm, I'm willing to give him another game or two. Um, because I didn't realise, but before the Brentford game, he's he's he registered more shots without scoring this season than any other player in the Premier League. So he's at least he's get, he's getting some shots away. But I do agree that something's not quite right. But then I'm I'm willing to look at the, the, the context of it, the bigger picture, saying he's just spent eight months out with a major injury. He's pre he didn't have a full preseason, did he? he? He come on for half an hour and on some games like Crew was it, I think, and what have you. And he's needling his way back in. Um, he has been our guy ever since we got promoted to the Premier League, but. I do. I can see it from both sides. You know, I'm getting splinters from sitting on the fence here. I know, but I, I, I can see it from both sides. I want him, and I'm not. I'm clearly not going to be on my own with this, but I'm willing him to to get a goal straight away. So just just for his own sake, so he knows that he's he's in his own mind. He thinks, all right, I'm I'm back. I'm back now. I've had my my injury, but I'm now I'm back, and I've got a goal, and I'm back where I was before. But he hasn't come close to that, as as has been said. He's not. Really, to my knowledge, in the in, in the games I've had this season, I can't think of where you know he's been put clean through. He's had a clear cut chance or anything like that. He's probably had half chances and that and that header yesterday, which I don't think was down to his headband. But you know that's yeah. He's like as Andy said, he's just he's just angry. He's pissed off. Hence why why that come off the last five minutes. But I'm willing to. Maybe he, he could start. Maybe he could start on Wednesday night against because Spurs are obviously going to put out their ladies team against us on Wednesday so like if he, if he gets a start there you know if he gets a goal maybe he can get him up and running uh, you know uh, I'm, will, I'm willing to give him another couple more games before you know I, I choose to like, consign him to the bench but you have got players like Huang who are we've already played what 60 minutes total for us and looks very very lively and willing willing to push him I mean seems like Huang is already ahead of Fabio Silva in, in the you know the, the mm. subs ranking, but yeah, I'm, I'm I'm concerned, but I'm not I'm not ready to you know consign him to the bench just yet. Isn't it nice that we can have this conversation and actually have options to to do that though, where we yeah. can replace uh, Jimenez if that is what's needed to be done. Like we have come a long way, and I suppose yesterday's results does sort of muddy that a little bit, but. Like that bench is decent. It is nice to say that we have got options. That's rather, the only positive to come from yesterday. Rather than putting that's that off the up front. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say I, I guess rounding up the the chat, so to speak, I think it was clear Brentford had our number. We didn't turn up. Um and I think there's gonna be plenty of changes against Spurs, and I think that's probably gonna dictate um how we line up on Sunday as well, which we will be talking about the Southampton game in our preview uh, podcast that will be coming out Thursday, Friday. Um, we will talk a little bit about Spurs as well as um, some news around Wolves in uh, just after this break. So uh, we look forward to seeing you after this. Mm-hmm. 
Hi, it's Richard from Wolves Fancast here. Just interrupting today's show before we get back to some questionable opinions and opinionated questions. Talk to you a little bit about our sponsors, Pixel Yeti Media, Veil, a design agency that put you and your business first from web design, logo and branding design and marketing. If you have any marketing needs, get in touch with them to find out how they can help you get it right. They are over at pixelyetimedia.com. Now let's get back to a show where we can give you some really forced wordplay, niche cultural references and maybe even a bit of football talk. Hi, welcome back to uh, this episode of Wolf's Fancast. Um, as we just started talking about before the break, we are playing Spurs in the League Cup midweek against um, Wolf's former manager, uh, Nuno Espirito Santo. Um, feels weird. I felt was, I've called him Nuno for so long, but to call him like his full name feels a bit weird. Um, so I can't call him by his like affectionate nickname anymore. Um, I, we, we won't talk too much about it, um, guys, but um, do we essentially sort of see the seven who are on the bench um, the last couple of games being our, in, in the starting lineup? I mean, as you say, I haven't called him by his affectionate name for about eighteen months, so <laughs> that's um, that's a nice thing to put in. But yeah, I think yeah, I think I'm more looking forward to a team without Adama Traore in it, to be honest, than anything else. I'm I'm begging for it to happen, just so that we're not just a one man team, just belittling to the case of his nonsense, just for one just for one game, and that's that's all I ask for. And the whole team will be balanced. And it'll be better for it. So, I mean, ideally, it'll be Huang and Pedence, Wade and Silver in the middle. Ideally, fingers crossed. See, that does feel balanced as all things should be. Um, yeah. To be fair, I don't know why I've got. Uh, sorry, we we I made, I made like an Avengers Endgame joke earlier, and I've been trying to like rattle around puns for a title around Avengers, and now I'm just thinking of different Avengers references going on in my head rather than actually listening to what's been quite a good football chat i'm so sorry guys um that does actually seem like a really good starting lineup or starting front three we've talked defensively a little bit do we uh, i mean but bolly needs minutes definitely because he didn't have much of a pre-season same with muskira do we sort of see probably him them two being either side of cody because well cody's cody that seems the most likely way forward, to be honest. Um, I mean, Kilman's done nothing wrong to be dropped, but he's had a lot of minutes. So, and it's only a cup game. As much as I'd like a cup run, I, I think that would be perfectly fair. And I, I'm really looking forward to seeing Mascara play as well. I've only seen a few minutes of him pre-season, so I'm, I'm looking forward to finding out what the uh, the hype's all about. So I'm very much sure for that. And also, Rayanate Nuri getting some minutes as well. I think he's the uh, he's going to be needed. I wonder if um, Den Donker will come in actually because has he actually yeah. has he actually got any minutes at all in this league season? And then, he has. Did he, did he, did he come on at some who. point? He must have come um, on at some he, point. He's, but... he's definitely come on at one point. I think he came on against somebody. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sounds, sounds, sounds about right. Yeah. But, I mean, he, he, he. I think he will. He will come in. I think Matinho will 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 drop down to the bench. I think at defence, I think Bolly will come in, but I don't think at the back three. I think that's the hot, the only change there'll be. I think he'll keep Kilman and Cody in. Obviously, Ruddy will get his regulation 
Carabao game since contract. <laughs> and then I think I'm wondering I think I think Hoover will get a game. And then I, yeah, I probably will say eight Nuru will get a game. And the forwards, well, I mean, Budel right now it's a lottery, isn't it, with the the options that we've got. I'd like to I'd like to see Huang get a game. Because I think with the team that Spurs, I think they'll put out. I think he could he could get a couple of goals against against them. And then I'd like to see Pedence because I still I still I've got a lot of time for DP ten. So hopefully that he gets a game. He hopefully gets a start on Wednesday. To be honest, I must say I wasn't I wasn't quite a hundred percent sure what I thought of uh, Pedence's hair over the weekend. Um, again, I, I did put on Twitter. But in the midst of all this drama and calamity at Molyneux, um, you know, is that a dye job? Do we think is that is does he ha- naturally have very almost coppery hair? Yeah, who knows? Um, there's, there's frankly no way we'll ever find out. I guess, but <laughs> it, it was interesting him not just like with the skinhead. He reminds me of um, a character um, Ziggy from The Wire, and I don't quite know why. Um, if any of you kind of have watched for a while that's my uh he's, he's like permanently angry though eh? that's why yeah i think that's what i'm thinking of um mm. i think that might be it so anyway um uh, uh, yeah rounding up spurs chat for the league cup we'll do quick predictions essentially do we think we're going to go through I- i'm going to start it off i think it's going to be nil nil and we'll lose on penalties <laughs> <laughs> just like a confident prediction is there yeah <laughs> Um, I think Spurs put out, yeah. sorry, Rich. Um, if Spurs put out the kids as we're expecting, I think we'll get a couple of goals. 2 0. Yeah, 2 0. I'll go with that, 2 0. I mean, at least there's no extra time. That's the main thing. Um, but watching watching them collapse this afternoon in that second half was glorious. So I think that they've got bigger fish to fry. And if, if he turns up with a full strength team after years of pissing about and putting kids out for us, the fury, the fury will be real. Um, <laughs> I just can't see us scoring a goal. <laughs> I mean, it's been what, like only five hundred and thirty odd days since we got full Molyneux celebrating a goal at this point. <laughs> so, I'd, I'd like to see one just as just to try and remember what it's like because I haven't seen it for so long. But maybe scrape a one 0 win out of nowhere. Maybe that's as far as yeah. I'll go at the minute. Yeah, I took I took uh, I took my boys to the last two games and against Man United. I thought, okay, fair enough. We didn't see a goal. That's right. So I'll take you again to Brentford because you'll probably see a goal there. <laughs> Still waiting, obviously. Well. Um, yeah. But as far as predictions go, um, I think I'm going to be a bit brave here, and I think we'll win three-one. I think there'll be a f- fair few goals. Mm. It's Carabao, isn't it? You know, you know these Carabao nights. They, 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 it's literally one end of the pendulum, either end of the pendulum, Carabao. You, you'll get what Rich said, nil-nil and on penalties, or it just goes goal fucking mental on, go- <laughs> on Car- Carabao nights. You, know, you can't call it sometimes. Carabao Cup games aren't sensible. And they're not sensible. Unless they, they can be dull, or they can be one of the some of the best games you've ever seen. I, I'm going to go with the latter. <laughs> I, I, I pray for your optimism, Adam, at all times, I tell you. Um, the, the, the two little bits of tidbit news I, I, I've seen this week is that uh, Roman Sace, um it's been five years since his first game, which was the uh, the 2-0 win against Newcastle. Um, 
And I thought, it was, uh, to be fair, uh, it's been interesting, really, because he is someone who's kind of stood for duration the last few years and never really not been completely out of the picture under a couple of different managers now. And although, I mean, I, I said in our end-of-year show, I think his time at Molyneux at Wolves is probably up as, and you know, wishing well, etc. And frankly, yes, uh, the, the game at the weekend sort of showed it. He has been here five years, and I think, frankly, at, at professional football, that, that's nothing to, to shy away from and, you know, f- fair play to him. However, gents... Um, I, I also realised that he is the last player from that initial sort of Fosun signings um, still at the club. So, um, does anyone fancy doing a quick quiz? <laughs> by which, by which I mean, there is I think it's about fifteen signings in total, including some academy players, guys. So, uh, we. I'm not going to do from directly first. We're just going to do from that transfer window in general, 2016, 2017. There are two seconds. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 15 <laughs> players. We've got a name in total. Now, I've been trying to think of different ways we can do this. I thought we could almost just go around the clock and you know what? I'm going to give you an extra life. So it's not just a penalty shootout. So one of those where if you name the wrong player, you're out because we'll just be left with Stu. Um, <laughs> so I thought, I'll give you all an extra life just in case, because I don't think you're going to name all 15 unless one of you is on Wikipedia like I am right now. So who would like to start? I'll let Adam start then. And, I was going to say, I've already essentially given you a gimme with, with Roman Sace, um, so it's technically 14. I'm going to go with the loan signing of Cameron Borthwick-Jackson. <laughs> he did sign that window, didn't he? Yes. <laughs> he is not on the list because he is a loan signing. <laughs> oh, I'll well, give you a permanent one then, if you want a permanent one. Oh, no. Oh, there, there's a load of loan signings as well. I'll tell you what, there's, there's even more. Perfect. Yeah, we'll, we'll take, we'll take, we'll <laughs> take one. Go. I just didn't scroll down a little bit. Further. Oh, this is so prepared. Okay, so yeah, we'll take Cameron Borthwick-Jackson. Okay, um, we'll go for Andy. Uh, well, it'd been John Daddy Bodvarsson. Yeah. Stu. Tashira. Tashira, yeah, that was one of the um, one, two, three, four... Five um, summer window uh, loan signings we made that year. Five, Christ. Yeah. Uh, I will go for the Prince, Prince on Yangi. Yeah. <laughs> we hardly yeah. knew ye. We hardly knew ye. <laughs> okay, back to Andy. Um, if I remember correctly, the first signing of that transfer window <coughs> would be my first namesake, Andrew Lonigan. It is. It technically signed. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to give the game away a little bit. We actually technically signed two other players for the academy that day as well. Oh. Okay. Okay. Let's keep it moving. Let's keep it moving. Ryan Bennett. Eh, eh. That that was the following. That was Nuno's first signing. Oh, that, yeah, was, that was that was, that was a Nuno oh, signing. Yeah. yeah, it was. Yeah. Okay. Don't I'm worry. I gave, go... I gave you the extra life for a reason, Stu. <laughs> <laughs> of all the people to lose their first life first <laughs> unbelievable 
Uh, I'm gonna go with my boy, Helder Costa. <sighs> yep. Yeah, signed signed on uh signed on loan, then signed a permanent in uh in January. Covers both categories. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> okay. okay. Um Fancast favourite, Prince of the Indian Cuisine, Paul Gladden. <laughs> 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 yes, he signed on the twenty sixth of August for around one million. Mm. What, what a, a what, great what a way to spend money. Spent. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Caballero. Yeah, Caballero. Yep, yeah. Monaco. Where do you think he came from, Monaco? That's going to be my next one as well. Mm. So I'm struggling now. God, who else did we sign? That one. There's 15 in total. <laughs> Thank God. No, I think that's 15 including loans because I include a couple of. Um, uh, okay. Basically, I included the um, winter ones as well, but it kind of actually evens out, so we're fine. Uh, Andy Vyman. Oh, you son of a bitch. Uh, unfortunately, he signed in the January transfer window on loan. There are still um, two more loan signings we signed in the summer that you've not mentioned. And you've pretty much got all of the permanent ones. Um, oh, I've got it. I've got apart, one. <laughs> apart from, I think it's one two three and they're all essentially academy signings who sign permanently so essentially we've got about five left guys no oh no actually no and you've got another you've got a senior player as well i know i've, seen, I've got it it's in there just i've got to wait now go on andy was was jordan graham that summer or was he there under jacket he was I there, there under jacket. jacket he was yeah <laughs> I think I'm going to be out with this one. I think Miranda, but I think that was the summer after as well. It was. He 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 was a Nuno signing. Fuck. So it's just. Oh. Go on, Adam. Have you remembered it? It's the guy who was photographed before he'd actually put pen to paper. Silvio. Yes. <laughs> that was the last. I was going to say. I was going to say that was the last permanent Wolves signing on, on the list in terms of the senior players. There's still three more um, academy players. One did feature in um, in a League Cup game for Wolves the season afterwards. Um, one of them, uh, one of these academy players, uh, I've still got two more um, loan signings coming in as well. Um, I can tell you that... Um, one of them I've no idea about. One of them will say he played in a League Cup game. I think it was against Sheffield Wednesday for Wolves alongside... Um, can't quite remember. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> um, the other one, the goalkeeper, um, I'll give him that away. Um, we signed someone with the same surname the next year. Oh, She's remembered because he's yeah, no. really it's, highly and yeah. he's got nowhere in his career so far. <laughs> was it um, Jack Ruddy? It was, yeah. That's, yeah. Right. Do you want me to give you the two Academy permanent signings? Because I don't think you're going to get... You definitely won't yeah, get one. Out now. Well, the, right, the, one's so, gonna, the one's gone Calvers. I was, was going to say Pedro gone Calvers. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, so you... <sighs> say, so you've got Elliot Watt... 
Nope. Um, I remember the name. But... <laughs> who was now, yeah, he's he's now over in, uh, I think, Bradford City or somewhere like that. But he played a couple of league, he played at least one League Cup game, I remember, and doing all right. We also signed an Irish player called Rory Brown from Crusaders, um, who, I'll be honest with you, he doesn't have a Wikipedia page. <laughs> so... I don't know anything about him. Um, all right, so there's uh, yeah, two more uh, loan signings, two fan cast favourites, uh, opposite pole ends of the spectrum, guys. Can you give us a clue on positions? Um, a winger and a defender. Richard Stearman's the defender. Yes. Ah. Okay. The other one played about two subs games, <laughs> as with a lot oh, of Oh, um, Ola John. Yeah, Ola yeah. John. Uh, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Christ. Because I mean, Ola John and Teixeira, we both loaned on again. We loaned them yeah. and then loaned them on again, didn't we? Because they were that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it brings into stark contrast uh, Foson's model from five years ago, doesn't it? How many... <laughs> fucking plays we signed just you know we will throw everything at a wall and spending 2.5 million on whoever and just hope it sticks mm. um but yeah so i hope you all enjoyed that i'm glad i put so much preparation into it now um <laughs> but yeah so the other tidbit of sort of fun news i kind of wanted to cover was wolves new sponsor uh royal caribbean uh, who are now the training kit sponsor because that's a thing now, guys. Um, now I, 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 I'm I'm not gonna lie, I'm loving the sheer capitalism that you can have with sponsorship now. Um, brought to you by our great partners in Pixel Yeti Media, of course. Um, but um, uh, side note, bit of fun. If you could go on a cruise, a Royal Caribbean cruise, um, link in the bio for them if you're interested, guys. Um, which Wolves player would you go go on a cruise with? Past or present? I think mm. Ryan Aitnuri would be an absolute fucking riot. He seems like a proper hashtag lad, and I think you'd just go on the piss with him and he'd just be great fun. So <laughs> I'd go I'd I'd go for a, on the lash with Ryan Aitnuri. I think for the, for a similar kind of reason, like just to celebrate his five years, being Sace. Is there every video that you see him in? He's always pissing about and doing something ridiculous. So if you're stuck in my house on fire, <laughs> if you're stuck in a, in a tin can in the middle of the ocean with nothing else to do, then you're playing practical jokes on each other. Sace would be superb. Yeah, yeah. I'd have said Sace, but, but all him or Cody, because Cody just keep your spirits up. Because I'll probably get start getting seasick at some point on one of these cruises. So I'd need Cody there just to make me smile for a little bit. Or say he's just being <laughs> like the lovable knobhead that he is around training. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I I kind of had similar thought process around you. I did think John Ruddy would be all right because he, he seems like someone who'd be prepared. Like mm. he, he'd know what times you'd go down for meals. He'd <laughs> he'd have no fussing with a buffet. He'd be on it uh, for me. Sunblock would be an issue if it's a Royal Caribbean cruise, I'd imagine, for him. Um, I think, yeah, for, for sort of sheer entertainment value, I think Sace over Cody. Because, um, yeah, Sace is definitely like pulling pranks left, right and centre, isn't he? Um, you want to be able to relax, would you? 
No, no. <laughs> right, you, relax. It's probably, it's probably took, say, some, it's took something out of Sunday and just when you lean back on it, it just falls flat. And you fall I was going to say, in height, in height, like, is he a good person to go on a cruise with? Or uh, am, I gonna be, am I, am I going to be frightened? Maybe if, if I was with him and ate Nori, so I could have the, you know, the, the jovial banter with, um, you know, Sace and then just relax it with with eight nor in trying like pretend I'm like young and cool. But something about but, Ruddy tells me that he would just he would be on the pints all day and just drink you under the table and you'd be yeah, a mess oh, at the yeah. end of it. Be on the miles just, immediately. Oh, yeah, no from six AM in the morning. <laughs> and then by yeah. three you're just yeah. like over the edge of the of the boat. I think yeah. if you wanted a relaxing time though, it's Matinho, isn't it? He will talk you through the wine selection and I think he he's the one who will know what's going on. He's, he's a cultured yeah. swine, so I think he's the one to. Uh... You can you can do it with Nevis because he'd just be like working out, you know, where, where's the kids' area, what's the what's the day club like, you know, and all that stuff sorted. Uh, I feel like it, I, I don't feel I have his undivided attention to be honest. Whereas I feel like <laughs> Matinho, Matinho say he would he he talk you through yeah the, the various weird wine options they have. I've I, I don't know if you guys have gone on a cruise before. I've only been on one. <laughs> and they have like an art gallery in it, which I found a really weird concept for this floating, you know, uh, you know, mechanism. Um, like a weird dream. Yeah, yeah. It, it was very so, odd. And they, they had a um, curator there. I was like, your job's just to be on this on, on this cruise ship and just tell me about these paintings. I think I think we all know that if we if you if you go if you go with Pedence, Pedence would be the number one tourist. He'd have his hat on and his camera, and he'd be taking photos oh, yeah. of, of every little thing. Every, every time you leave port, he'd be taking. He'll be over there taking photos of everything at the port. As you're yeah, leaving. can you just take it? Can you just take a look? No, I just I just want to go bed. Just just, just one more photo. Yeah. You couldn't trust him though because he'd end up in a fight with one of the locals. He'll start <laughs> nosing off when they don't want to take a photo. <laughs> I think out of, every, out of everyone to have gone on the cruise, it's now a surprise that you it was you, Rich. But the the, 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 the burning question has to be asked: How many cardigans did you take? Ooh, none. No, I was, I was I was I was pretty good. No, I must have bought like at least one jumper. No, we went on a cruise through uh, Malta, Italy, and Croatia in sort of well, literally October time. This time, uh, four years ago. Um, so yeah, no, the weather the weather was good. So there wasn't that much of a need for fleeces, fortunately. When I do my crew, when I eventually have enough money to do like one of Scandinavia, then I can bring out the knitwear. I've been one of those. Uh, I've been one of those catamarans that go from like England to France. Oh fast yeah, one, the fast ones that go like, quite quick. It's like the, yeah. it's basically like a ginormous speedboat. That 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 seems good. Would it have an art gallery in there? Because that <laughs> potentially not. could be a deal breaker. No. Um, shall we? Now that we've kind of covered off some silliness, should we do some corners from uh, questions from Twitter corner? Even the more silliness. Uh, yeah, if it, well, I'll try and pick out some of the silly ones. Shall I? Um, let's hope people have gone for silly ones. So uh, first up that I've seen is from um, regular contributor Paul Wharton. What? Uh, what's funnier? The Luton players assault yesterday uh, when, when he kicked the Swansea player, or Gary Lineker getting his on his high horse about VAR being unfair. Now, as someone who knows Swansea fans, that was fucking hilarious. <laughs> Just he cleared him out, didn't he? 
And which, way, which, way, which way round was it? Was it the Luton guy kicking the Swansea guy or the way yeah. round? Yeah. Yeah. Basically, right. I think the, the Swansea player was like time wasting or something. And like the ball was in front of him. And like the. Um, he stepped on the free kick, didn't he? Yeah. And he, he like he, he like rolled it away. And there was enough time for him not to swing. <laughs> he just cleared him out. And he just. There was just like no. No remorse for it, which I found, you know. Genuinely impressive, frankly. Um, and they both—they both got booked as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> excellent. It's like that, you know. I find that that, that is a wonderful thing with you know yellow cards being not binary, trinary. I don't know what am I trying to say. Basically, like two offenses like carry the same weight, and it's so weird that you know they say kicking a human being and. <laughs> Rolling a ball away constitute as like the same punishment. <laughs> same punishment. Yeah, yeah it, it, it's so. Uh, I feel like if I, if I'm not careful, I'm going to stop talking about this because like, we could go down into the judicial system. Um, and frankly, <laughs> it's Sunday night, and yeah, let's, you know what we, we've got time for. It. Let's uh, we'll, we'll do we'll do a special <laughs> podcast on it. Me and Andy will in the next couple of weeks. Um, well, right. Seahawks are on now, Rich. So come on. Oh, we'll, we'll wrap up. We'll wrap up. <laughs> right. So. Um, do, 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 um, okay. This is always a good question, uh, because I think it's wild. Um, should we push Cody into midfield to protect our back line? <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't fucking do anything in the back line, so he ain't gonna protect it. No, terrible <laughs> idea. Terrible <laughs> idea. Um, yeah, as similarly, um, in a way, it's kind of Cody related. Um, if we're not using his long range pass- passing, which we aren't. Is it worth having him in the team at all? Like all that's left is shouting, and frankly, he doesn't do, it. He doesn't do an awful lot of that. That's from well, we can do that. Calls. The fans can do shouting. Yeah, yeah. and like I, I do think actually his passing range is something that we underutilize. But I think as um, Gully said in the, at the end of the season show that just none of the players seem to want to push onto the last man and use it. Um, when he's kind of got the ball deep and they don't look for that quick release over the top anymore, the same way he had the option to with um, with Jota and Helicosta to a degree. And I say it's something that if it goes from his game, it, 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 it's a very big pro he has. And then, you know, it's like, well, what are you left with? And it mm. becomes quite a lot of tangible, you know, tangible intangibles rather than, you know, the, the tangible, so to speak. Um, right, uh, Stephen Griffiths asks, do you think someone like MGW in the middle of the park who wants to pass the ball forward would be ideal um, for, for Wolves um, against somebody like Brentford? Or is that not necessarily the root cause of the issue? Because I don't think passive forwards really are our issue, to be honest. The ball that no. he put in, the, the cross that he put in yesterday was was absolutely superb. It's better than any of the crosses that have been put in the box so far this season for any Wolves player. Um, and that's when we've when we've all said, oh, we can't play wide. And he's not really playing wide for Sheffield United and he's not even playing in the middle. He's kind of, he, he almost looks like he's playing like at the right of a front three, but not on the wing. More like he kind of inverted, like inside, inside, inside forward. forward. Yeah. Mm. And it, it's, look at, look at what it's doing for him. It's working wonders. Yeah, I think our midfield pairing are fine when it comes to passing. That very much hasn't been the issue. It's been once they've gone past the midfield area and they're in the final third. 
we don't have anyone to really impact anything in the final third, which to be fair, uh, MGW probably could do something there. Um, but I, I don't know what the answer is, to be honest, but we'll see. Yeah. Lastly, and I think I've genuinely said the best till last, uh, this is from Andrew uh, Wright. If Nike were to bring back the cage tournament circa 2002 with Huang replacing Sulky Young, which two Wolves players would you put alongside him? Just for clarity, Andrew Wright always asks the best questions on our other podcast, the cage Go on, give podcast. it a plug. He is absolutely fantastic, Andrew Wright. Like, he's I don't know why he just knows the, the right questions to get us all talking. So, yeah. So, <laughs> how many players do we need? Two players alongside Huang. Yeah. It's going to be eight, in, like a three on three tournament. Yeah. I think eight Nuri because you need someone defensively and he's got tricks. So, I think he's the one. I'd want to bring Cavalera back, I think. Because, again, he's another one who's a bit of a baller. So, I think he'd be a good one for, for that sort of tournament. So you need someone with like close ball control skills for this. Correct me if I'm wrong. You need someone like correct for this cage, this cage football tournament. You need what someone with yeah. close ball control skills, good reading the game, and like, obviously you can't utilize Adama's pace in this sort of scenario, can you? That's no, not, it's, not, it's, not, it's not this sort of bag, nah. is it? That sort of scenario. Nah. Um, well, go for Mr. Futsal, King Kilman himself. He can yeah. he can go in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Kil- 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 I was thinking either Bolly or Kilman. Like again, because Bo- Bolly's got decent feet, but I think Kilman Kilman's a great shout from like if you want someone who knows what they're doing a bit defensively. Maybe Podence. Yeah, mm. Kil- yeah. Kilman, from- Kilman, Huang, and Podence three on three would be superb. Yeah, there we go. We just need to, like you know multiply that out for over a. You know, and loving a side game. I think we're there. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, that sort of wraps it up for today's show, guys. I know. And you know, seventy minutes. What? What more could you want? But um, big thank you for everyone who's listened uh, today. Make sure you keep up to date with all things Fancast at WWFC Fancast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We'll be back um, shortly to um, preview the. Um, Southampton game um, which is happening next Sunday um, and make sure you check out our sponsors Pixel Yeti Media as well at pixelyetimedia.com for all your marketing needs so until next time it's goodbye from Adam au revoir it's goodbye from Stu stay salty it's goodbye from Andy see you all soon and it's goodbye from me see you next time